You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we've got an absolute rock star on the line this week here. Her expertise is around sales. Now, listening to this, if you're anything like me, you probably like money. And if we want to get some money, we, we actually need to make some sales. So the better we get at sales, the more successful we're going to be, the more people we're going to impact. And I'm sure this person will, will tell us a little bit more about this as we get into it. Uh, she's all the way across the other side of the world from me. I don't know where she is exactly. She's she's originally from Southern California, and she's in the process of moving to New York City. So that probably means she could be anywhere in the, the American continent uh, in the moment. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is how to close 80% of your discovery calls in less than 30 minutes. But anyways, without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Michelle Terpstra. Michelle, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited to talk about all things sales. And if you're listening right now and sales makes you feel uncomfortable, I promise you after the next 30 minutes, you are going to love sales. (laughs) Love it. Michelle, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Do you have one for us? Yes. It's actually kind of the slogan of my business and what all of my clients know that I say all of the time. And what that is, is that the person who is the most curious will always win. Mm, love it. What do you mean? What does that mean? So sales I, I purposely tried to be curious then with that yeah, question. Exactly. Good job. So sales is all, all is sales is all about curiosity. So the more you care about somebody else, the more questions that you ask that clearly have a point and you're clear and concise, that will lead you to more sales naturally without the sweat, stress, or sleaze. If you stop being curious, you stop making sales. Yes. Love that. I'll piggyback off that because I, in my experience of sales, I agree a hundred percent. And my background is, is actually in fitness and it's similar with fitness. You need to be able to sell yourself if you're a fitness trainer, right? And one of the biggest mistakes fitness trainers make, you know, someone will inquire or they'll find themselves in a consult or a discovery call if it's online and just straight away, it's like, right, here's my program. You get 12 sessions and you get a nutrition plan and you get my ebook and you get my recipes, you get access to this Facebook group and we'll do a weigh-in and we'll do goal settings. And like, you don't know if you just, you don't know what that person wants, you know, but if it's like, if you can get curious and find out exactly what that person wants. And also I like what you said for their reasons, You know, like you're not just doing a question for the sake of asking questions. You know, it's like, how can we find out what this person wants so we can help them? So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more than that. And you, and the thing, the why I say you can close 80% of your sales in 30 minutes or less is because you've built a business and a sales funnel around you that does the heavy lifting for you. So people are really educated before they come to you, which is a super, super important part of when you're going to use a discovery call to enroll a dream client. Yes. Love it. Well, let's spend a minute here, Michelle. If someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, discovery call, I'm online. Why would I do that? You know, I'll just send people to my website or, you know, I'll create a free mini course and there'll be a a sales video at the end of it. Or, you know, I'll just run evergreen video, uh, evergreen webinars, you know, why, where do discovery calls come into this? So I actually believe in automation and 
personalization. Okay. So it's beautiful. There's all these softwares out there. I mean, I have so many SaaS platforms that I <laughs> subscribe to. I mean, I literally probably have like 20, $35 charges on my credit card every month. And that's amazing because it's helping you systemize and automate. And some of that might be for an evergreen webinar or your member portal or, you know, active campaign or whatever it might be. So you can use the power of technology and automation to really help streamline your sales process. And I think that's really important important, but I will tell you right now is that people still crave human interaction. Mm. And if you can provide personalized human interaction in the sales process, your conversion rates are going to go up. And so is your average contract value. Mm. And it's really, really important. But the thing is, is that it doesn't need to be like this 90 minute session where you're basically teaching your entire mini course to somebody, right? That's like the number one trap that I see. If your sales funnel is set up appropriately, then it's just a great 15, 20 minute chat about what your offer is and your clothes signed, sealed, and delivered. Almost every single one of my discovery calls ends in someone checking out literally through the Zoom link. And that is the best way to do it because then you have your client, you are ready to roll, and you're not chasing people in follow-up. Yes, love it. Okay, let's spend, I want to get to the actual discovery call, but maybe we just spend a couple minutes on how do we get people there? Is it, you know, are we just posting randomly in Facebook groups? Are we doing our own Instagram? Are we, is it people that have finished our course and it's the next step? What's, is it any of the above? What's, what's the best process? What's a process? What, what can you tell us there? Yeah. So I'm an organic networking expert. That is how I generate all of my leads is through human to human connection. And if you put together a system for yourself and you hold yourself accountable to those revenue generating activities, then you can easily fill your front end funnel. And what I mean by your front end funnel is that could be your free mini course. It could be a low ticket mini course. It could be a various different things. It could be a freebie, a webinar, right? So that's the first thing, get people into the funnel right? And there's ad experts out there. They're fantastic too. That's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is networking and connecting. And so I use my Facebook group, Instagram, LinkedIn, podcasts, summits, wherever I can actually have conversations with people, affiliate partners to fill my front end funnel. So once they're in there, that's how you get your leads, right? That's the lead generation process of owning a business. Now, where the sales come in is after they've entered your front end funnel is how I'm referring to it, is how are you going to get them from that into whatever the end is? And I always say, build your funnels with the end in mind. So I'll give everyone an example. So the Sales Success Lab is my core group coaching program, right? However, the funnel for that is through my mini course that I sell for $47. So I've created that mini course strategically with the end in mind. So it's a natural progression for people to go through the mini course and then want to go into the sales success lab. Now, do people come to me and sometimes go directly into the sales success lab? Absolutely. But other people are like, well, they want to dip a toe in, see if they like you, understand what you're all about, right? And that's why I use my $47 digital course for. Where the discovery calls come in is to bridge those two together, right? So some people are going to go through your front end funnel and feel really, really confident, ready to go, check out on a sales page. And that's what online business dreams are made of, right? Other people are like, is this a real person? Is this a guru? Am I going to be able to talk to them? 
eh, do they know what they're talking about? And all they want to do is have a 15 minute guided conversation. And discovery calls are nothing more than a guided conversation with the call to action for them to invest to do something for their life or their business. And if you take that perspective, like you can go from making, you know, a few hundred bucks a month to thousands and thousands just by, you know, being comfortable in the discovery call process. Like I have a client right now. She sent me a screenshot from, we've been working together for about four or five months. She sent me a screenshot of her Squarespace. And last year in, what month are we in? Last year in May, she sent this to me like a few weeks ago. So last year in May, she did $5,000 in her coaching business for the month, okay? Which is admirable, amazing, beautiful. Then she sent me the screenshot for this year of May, and I laugh because it's so amazing, $26,000. Yeah. Okay, so that is what the power of a discovery call can mean for your business. Yes, love it. I'll, I'll piggyback on a couple of those things. I love those. Eve, I know we're not speaking about lead generation, but that were just some really good organic lead generation strategies that anyone can do moving forward. And I like how Michelle said consistently. So, hey, if I want to fill my, my front end funnel, you know, I got to spend whatever it is, an hour, two hours a day doing this stuff. Am I jumping on LinkedIn and connecting with people? You know, am I um, going in Facebook groups and posting my freebie? Am I, you know, making sure I'm a guest every single week on a podcast? Am I, you know, seeing who's doing a summit and, and doing that? There's something going on every day to fill up that that funnel there. I think that's great. Um, and then I also think in terms of discovery calls, like I think that's, probably the one part of your business that can help your revenue boom the quickest. You know, it's like if you can get, cause it's pretty easy to get leads these days. Let's be honest, you know, like with social media and that, and like, it's not hard to, to get leads and get more of them pretty easy, but it, more leads doesn't always lead to more sales. But if you can, right. if you, that conversion is higher, you're going to win on both ends because it's like, all right, the current people that I've got coming in, you know, I'm going to close more of them and increase my revenue. But also if I get more leads now, I'm going to close more of those lead ones as well. It's not like I'm getting a hundred and ones coming through. Now I'm getting a hundred and ten are coming through or whatever it may be. So awesome. All right, cool. So now let's get to the actual discovery call, Michelle. We've now, you know, people are doing this. They're like, that's great. You know, I'm filling my funnel. I've got a $47 offer. People are going through that. You know, I've got some people um, booking calls, you know, what are we actually saying on this discovery call? Where do we start? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Sure. So there's certain, there is a breakdown of the stages of a discovery call. And I will caution everyone right now. If you see like in your Facebook feed where it says, download my free script on how to close all of your, you know, discovery calls, do not download it because I will tell you exactly what's in it and you don't want it. So this is what's in it. It's going to tell you like a sequence of, sa of sales questions to ask that are canned, non-customized and make you sound like a robot. Mm -hmm. I have like a major beef with the industry yeah. of like, here's your scripted questions. This is what you should ask, yada, yada, yada. And I will tell you why, okay? First of all, 
if one more person asks me what's holding me back, I'm oh. going to lose my banana cakes. Okay. Yeah. That is the worst question ever. Yeah. Um, now in context, if it's actually personalized and it makes sense, feel free to use it. That but is true. It is so over, it is so overused. And if you've been in this industry long enough, you know, it's overused. And so you don't, you, you know, that it's someone on a script looking at a piece of paper. Mm. So the first thing is, is don't be a robot. Okay. Yeah. Um, you really need to make sure that you are building rapport instantly first, like yeah. building rapport is so important. So people ask me like, Oh, how do you build rapport? Well, um, you've got to take interest in that person. So what type of research did you do before you got on a call? What do you know about them? What do you have um, that is similar so that you have like a jumping point to build a connection with someone? Because we all know in this online world, no like, and trust is what gets you sales. So how can you accelerate that immediately? And the first thing is definitely your rapport building. So rapport building is so super important. The other thing is, is to not have scripted questions, but just more of a framework. And that's what I teach. Yeah. So I teach a framework, not a script. And the reason why is because I believe in sales leadership. So what sales leadership means is someone comes to me because I'm an expert. I'm an expert in something and they want my help. So if I don't step into my leadership and all I'm doing is trying to sell, my conversion rates are going to go down, my authority is going to decrease, and I'm not going to be a very happy camper, right? But if I can step into my sales leadership, have a framework to even keep the type A people on track for a sales conversation and not a training call or a free advice call, then that really um, accelerates my ability for, to accelerate the no like, and trust to close more. So rapport building is super, super important. The next thing is, is to make sure you're actually listening. Okay. Listening. In a discovery call, actually, the person that you're talking to will talk 80% of the time if you're doing it right. So you, 20%, them, 80%. And I'm going to tell you why this is so powerful. So I'm actually kind of known as the introvert's sales coach <laughs> because I am like the extrovert to the T. And apparently, and I didn't actually know this, but apparently introverts really like extroverts as like hype people in their life. And I've been told this so many times. And so anyway, long story short, a lot of my clients come to me and they're introverted. They don't want to become like the salesy, slimy salesperson. And so when I tell them, hey, guess what? You only have to talk 20% of the time. They're like, oh, I just get to ask questions. And I'm like, yeah. And let me tell you, introverts are much better question askers than extroverts. Yeah. So you're actually naturally better at sales. And so for me as an extrovert that just wants to like talk, 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 I actually had to train myself to like slow the roll and let the other person talk. But introverts naturally do that. So if you're listening to this right now and thinking like, oh, I'm an introvert, I can never be great at sales, you are horribly wrong and you're actually positioned for like to be the best at it. Mm. So that's like another thing that's really, really important is that you're allowing um, them to be asking the questions. Now, the next thing with discovery calls and stop me if you want to ask any questions, but I'm just kind of like going through go, my flow. Go for it. Yep. Okay. So um, after, so now you have rapport building, right? You're asking amazing questions. Now let's say you get to the, you get to the point where you're ready to make them an offer. Okay. Let me, this is another thing. Confused people are not buyers. Mm. You confuse them. They say no. 
Mm. The one of the biggest mistakes that you can make in a discovery call is giving more options. Lots of times people say like, oh, well, I'm on the discovery call and I'm like, oh, I'll give them, you know, you know, I'll, uh, I'll ask them if they want my $100 digital course or my one month intensive or my six month coaching package, right? Like which one sounds great to you? And people think that that's a fantastic move because they're giving options, they feel good about it. But at the end of the day, if someone is booking time with you and they want to know you're the expert in something, they're looking for a recommendation. Mm. So step into your power and make a recommendation at the end. Then you can work through like a downsell process if it doesn't work out for you, but you will earn so much more respect and your closing rate will go up if you say, you know, thank you so much for these last like 20 minutes. What I heard was X, Y, and Z. My plan for you is X, Y, and Z. The investment is just X and I can get started next week. Do you have any questions? Mm. So just closing with that confidence and that conviction, people are like, oh my God, you're going to solve my problems. Like, that's it? That's all I have to do? And it's like signed, sealed, and delivered, right? But if I was to, you know, confuse them with lots of options, that close becomes a much more complicated. And that's usually when you hear objections like, I'm going to have to think about it. Like, timing's not right. I need to talk to my spouse and all of the other things that no one really wants to hear. So that is kind of like a nutshell of discovery calls and like the top mistakes that I see. And you can even listen to this right now. And the next time you do a discovery call, just apply what I just said and you'll see how empowering it is and also how many more sales you can get. Yes. Love it. I'll summarize some of that. So Michelle's first point was rapport. So important. Um, the way I like to do that personally is similar to what Michelle said, find some sort of common ground you know, people like people who are like them, you know, so I'm just like, all right, how can I find, how can I find some common interests straight away, you know, without being fake, you know, oh, hey, you're, you also like golf. Yeah. I like golf too, you know, or, um, oh, you're from Australia. Yeah. I liked Australia, whatever it may be, you know, that helps there. Um, the questions. Yeah. So important, you know, it's just, and if you can, cause you can't really close until you know what they want. You know, it's like the better you get at those questions, um, the better the close is going to be and the listening key. I think especially for the the fellas, you know, for the guys listening, I think women, um, not to be um, sexist, but, you know, traditionally women are usually a little bit better at listening than, than men. We, we, we're not the best at listening. So that's one thing I had to master myself. So I think for the guys listening, um, listen. And a couple of things I like to do just to help myself in the sales process is I'll always write notes because my memory sucks. You know, so I always write notes to make sure that I, I, because, and that's, as Michelle said, you want the person talking most of the time. You know, if you're doing a, a 30 minute sales conversation, that person's talking for, you know, 80%, that's a lot of minutes to remember. So I'm, I'm making sure that, you know, I write as much notes down as I can. Uh, and I like to summarize as well. So it's like, all right, right. Let me make sure I got this, Michelle. You're what you, where you're at at the moment is bang, bang, bang. Where you want to get to is bang, bang, bang where you need help with is bang, bang, bang. Is that right? You know, and I feel if I do that, there's a couple of things. It shows the person that I was like, oh, this person's not just asking me questions for the sake of it. They were actually listening to, to what I had to say there. And also it's a bit of proof as well. If I wasn't listening correctly or I misunderstood something, okay, I can get corrected there and make sure I know it before I, I get to the cell. So I think that's important. Um, the offer, yeah, this is, 
fitness people are super guilty of this as well. You know, it's like, all right, right. You know, do you want to train one time a week and it's, you know, 50 bucks a week, or do you want to train twice a week and it's a hundred bucks a week? Or do you want to train three times a week and it's 150 bucks a week? Or do you want to do my group classes, which is, you know, 30 a week. And you can either sign up for 12 weeks where it's, or if you sign up for six months, everything's $5 cheaper. If you sign up for 12 months, man, you're not closing any sales with that. You know, they're not going to remember any of that. A, just the memory side of things, but also B, you know, you're meant to be the expert. Hey, here's what I recommend for you. And I've, um, one of my, I learned this one also. Have you read this book, um, Psychology of Selling, Brian Tracy? Yes, I have. It's really yep. good. Love it. One of my favorite sales books. He tells this story um, about selling suits. One of his favorite uh, first jobs was selling suits. And he used to do the multiple options, you know? was like, all right, what do you want? Great, you can get this, 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 and this, you know, and he'd never make any sales. And there was the head salesperson at the the suit store, the tailor, whatever it's, whatever they're called. Um, and he was like, look, Brian, what you got to do is you always just offer one and make it the most expensive first. So he's like, the person comes in, you see what they want. You're like, great, you know, here's the option for you. It's this thousand dollar suit. Because a couple of things are going to happen. A, the person is going to be like, yep, that's great. I'm going to buy it. It's it's good because you've only given them one option. It's easier for them to make. You've given them the the more expensive option, which means that it's a, a higher ticket. Providing it's right. You're not going to rip someone off, right? But providing you're like, okay, that's what this person wants. This is what they're going to get the best value. Great. You're going to do it that there. You're going to make the higher ticket sale most of the time than not. Uh, and then also, if that person gives you the price objection, okay, you got some wriggle room then. Okay, great. You don't have a thousand bucks for the suit. You know, hey, here's this suit for 800 bucks, which is better. And most people would, would, will be more likely to buy that $800 one after you've already shown them the thousand dollar one than if you just went straight to the, the 800 there. So I think there's, there's so many um, good things there. Um, one more question, Michelle, then we'll get to some closing sort of stuff. Any tips for the objection side of things? If someone's watching this and they're listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, all well and good. I do a bit of this, but you know, if someone says they can't afford it, or I got to think about it, or I got to check with my partner or send me an email with more info or, or whatever it may be. I know, you know, we've got only a couple minutes left, so we can't, we can't do you've, that. I'm sure you cover that in all your sales training, which we'll get to in a sec, but if you could just give us a tip or two in terms of handling objections. Sure. So first of all, here's a truth bomb about objections they're actually a good thing, mm. okay? And I'm gonna tell you why, is because our brains naturally put up walls and objection walls when we're going through the decision-making process, okay? So if someone gives you an objection, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a no, it means it's the person's trying to make the decision if this is the right path, and they're trying to internally justify it. So instead of like worrying that you're gonna get one of these objections, think of it as like just part of the decision-making process. Mm. So that's the first part because most of the time, if you're scared to hear an objection, you're gonna hear it and you're gonna freak out and you're not gonna like, act the right way, right? And like hold your own. So first of all, stop worrying about objections. It's just part of the decision-making process. The second thing is, is isolating objections and making sure that the objection is actually the real objection. And I'm a storyteller, so I'll give you a perfect example of this, okay? So um, today was like, objection day. I don't know what's going on in the world, but everybody needed objection help today. And three people reached out to me about the spousal objection today. Okay. And I have a unique approach to it. And so I think that would be the best use of our time to help yeah. people with that. So what's the spousal objection? It looks like this, like, oh, I would love to work with you, but I really need to talk to my spouse. And, you know, I'm just not really sure if it's in the budget right now. Okay. So first of all, 
first of all, it's important to make sure that is the objection mm -hmm. because it's really easy to blame someone else of why you can't make a decision. Okay. Really, really easy. And most people who are untrained salespeople will just accept the objection because it seems real and you just stop. Right. But us as business owners and sales leaders, we need to make sure that's the real thing. So just asking a simple question that said, well, if your spouse was on board with you, would it be a yes? Mm, love it. And you'll be surprised because if it's a true objection, then they'll say, yes, that's like my only thing. But mm. if they're hiding, right, and they're using it as a protective mechanism, then they, they're going to say something else like, well, mm, uh, you know, and then, you know, you need to take a few steps back mm. and figure out what you missed because that's not the only objection. That was just the easiest thing the person could think of to say to you, mm. right? Yeah. And so let's take the scenario where it was the true objection, the spousal objection. Okay. And they say, yes, I would love to work with you, but I don't know how to have this conversation with my husband. Okay. I do this all the time. I say, fantastic. I will do the heavy lifting for you. If you want in, I will talk to your husband. Mm. And most of the time I usually get something that looks like this. <gasps> really? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, bring them on, right? So sometimes they're available and we can do it now. Other times we have to book like a follow-up, right? But I will tell you every single time I've got a husband on a call, I close. Every single time, 100%. And I actually think it's amazing that if that is something that is holding someone back from saying yes to me, I actually want to have that conversation because at least at what I teach, which is like business building and scaling and all of those things, right? Mm. Like I want the spouse to be supporting whoever is in my, my program, yeah. right? And so if we're all on the same page, like that's amazing. That means that spouse is not only financially saying, yes, let's do this, but also like in the background when like, you know, they need to take time to, you know, study my course and do the things and all of this stuff. Like they're like, yeah, I remember that's what Michelle said we had to do. You've got this, like, let's go. Mm. And it turns into this really like collaborative, beautiful experience. And I will tell you on the output of these people, that's when you create those raving loyal fans mm. that like talk so highly about you on social media, send you clients. Um, you know, our referral partners and all of the things. And I always say creating that like raving client culture actually starts with the enrollment process. So make mm -hmm. sure it's on point. Love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll expand on that a bit as well. I think that that's why I like sales. I feel like if someone was going to just go and sign up for your program anyway, they're just going to sign up anyway, you know, but if you can, if you can convince is motivate is maybe a better word, motivate or inspire someone who was on the fence to, to actually make that decision and that decision changed their life, that's more powerful. So I love how you brought that up there. Um, yeah, love the objection side of things. The, the way I look at it, I feel like the only real ones anyway are money and time, right? Anything anyone else tells you is just they're probably too um, – uh, and really, you probably would have covered that covered those earlier anyway in the, the call anyway, you know, but I think the partner one's such a good one. Because it's like, especially the way Michelle discussed it there, because maybe it is a legit one. Maybe they're like, no, I'm 100% in. I literally just need to speak to my partner. You know, we'll, we'll go and make sure they um, they say that. Because the other thing I've found is if that person says it themselves, it's then even harder for them to go back because they need to go back and essentially say, yep, I did it. Uh, no, look, I can't. My husband won't let me, you know, or my wife won't. Who the hell wants to say that? You know, so it's like, if you can get that person to say, you know, no, I'm a hundred percent in, I just need to, um, I just, I just, I just need to check with my partner. It's so much powerful for so many different things there. Um, and then even if it just flushes out the real objection, you know, as Michelle said, you know, yep. Great. If your partner's in, are you in, 
yeah, look, it's a bit of money. Look, we just had kids. Okay, great. Handle that real objection because it would have been a no otherwise. You know, if you just let them go off and said, yeah, go and check with your partner. Like, it's just, it's common sense. Like if that person goes to their partner, they're like, yeah, this woman, Michelle, she's got this program. Look, it seems all right, but it's like thousands of dollars, you know? Do you think I should, do you think we should do it? Like if you go in with that attitude, you're going no, you know, but if you go, if they went in with the attitude, Hey, look, babe, I got this program. Oh, there's this, this one, Michelle, there's this program. It's awesome. Look, it's a bit of money, but I think it's what we need. If we do this, I got no doubt. We'll make more than that back. It's going to change our lives. I think we should do it. Is that okay with you? You know, like one way the partner's going to say yes, one way the partner's going to say no, but either way, it's got nothing to do with the partner. It's the way that person spoke to them there. So I love how you've brought that up. Um, Michelle, there's just a couple of questions I like to always finish up with. One of them revolves around um, courses. So uh, everyone listening, this will be an online course creator. You're obviously an online course creator yourself. Just for curiosity purposes, what's your platform of choice? Oh, so I am using Member Vault. Okay. Thoughts? I'm obsessed with Member Vault. I have actually been on multiple platforms trying to decide which one I love. And I will tell you why I like Member Vault is because a few things is one, when you create products in Member Vault, if you ever want to copy them to a new product, it's a one simple click. So you don't have to recreate from scratch for a new product. So you can copy to the lesson level and the module level, which I love. And then two is I also love it because I can see what all of my students have done. So the back end of Member Vault shows me how many times they've clicked, how long they've watched things for, what they've done, what they haven't done. And that way, when someone comes to me and they say, hey, I'm really struggling in X area, then I'll go and I'll be like, well, because you've skipped four lessons. So you need to go back and go to, you know, blah, 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 lesson, right? And then they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And they can correct it and they can be right on it. So those are two really, um, two really big things for me. The third thing is, is it has a binge and buy like Netflix environment. And so what that means is if someone comes in in my low ticket course, right, my $47, then every single time they log on to listen to the $47, they're also going to see the sales success pack or the sales success lab in the footer. Right. So it's constantly advertising all of my other available products to them every single time they log in to learn. Um, it's also an open API. So it goes strictly into my active campaign and it's a grants access on a webhook. So from like an automation standpoint, no zaps, no nothing. And I'm really, really love it for someone who's like brand new. Um, it's also great because your first hundred people are free. Mm. And so like, if you're not sure if you're going to be like a course creator or not, you just want to have something to start with, then it's a really great place to start. Yes, agree. I I don't use it, but I've used it before and I've still got an account just because it's free. You know, it's like, hey, if I ever want to switch over here or whatever, you know, I've got some options. Uh, Final question, Michelle, is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people there that want to get better at sales. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been. If you can answer this in three different ways, if you can give us a paid mentor, so someone that you've handed over cash to and you've done their program or their course or whatever it may be, uh, an unpaid mentor, so someone that you haven't paid cash to, but you follow them on social media or Instagram, YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, and a book that you recommend every course creator should read if they want to get better at sales. So paid, unpaid, book. Yeah. So currently right now I am in Ali's uh, mastermind. So Ali's tiny offer lab. I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with that, but you should be because she's amazing. 
So she teaches paid ad funnels and I've invested like to her highest level working with her. She's absolutely amazing. So that would be my first person because I will tell you everything I generate right now is from human to human connection, right? Mm -hmm. So very personalized. And so a big thing for me this year was automation, lead automation. And so that's why I invested with her. So that Say that again. Sorry. What was her name? Oh, Allie Bjork. Okay. And the program was called Tiny... Uh, Funnels? Tiny Offer Lab, but I'm oh. in her mastermind. Um, gotcha. So, and spell her last name B J E R K. Okay. So, if anyone wants to look her up, she's fantastic. So, um, I am in her mastermind and I've bought her group programs and all the things. So, that would be paid number one. And then, um, non paid. Oh, gosh. Non paid. I pay everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing with being in sales. And that's a good sales tip as well, I've realized. Like, if you're not making sales, are you buying stuff? You know, it's like if you value your, your services, you know, if you value online courses, you're probably buying other online courses. So I think that's um that's a sign of a good salesperson. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I pay everyone, but I will say like um somebody who I just like love all the quotes and everything is Zig Ziglar. Oh like, yeah. I, he's just so amazing. And how he taught sales and his insights of sales is like, is so I've got all of his books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he's got this really good one. You can my favorite Zig Ziglar quote, you can have anything in the world in you want if you can just help other people get what they want. And yep. I think when it comes to sales like that's, you know, if you think of it, oh how can I make so much money? How can I, you know, um yeah, if you if you're just going at it, how can I make so much money and you're just trying to sell stuff, this is not going to work. But if you're like, all right, right, you know, this people, this, there's this problem out there. If I can um, solve that problem there, I'm going to get financially rewarded for it. And then the bigger the problem is, the more I can charge for my services, the more people will pay. And then the more people I can help uh, solve that problem, the more money I'm going to make. So I, I love that. Um, books. Yes. Okay. So books is, I really like gap selling. Um, it's really, really good. It's about like when you're in online, um, online entrepreneurship and you're selling intangibles, which is like services and you're not selling like necessarily a coffee mug, right? It's like, it's a little bit of a different sell. And so gap selling is really cool. I like that one a lot. And it just teaches about how to make um, an intangible sale more tangible. And it's really well, really well written. And I really like it. So gap selling. I'm going to check that out right now. Um, awesome. All right. Cool. So if someone's listening to this, Michelle, and they're like, okay, this woman is cool. You know, I want to, I want to learn more about sales from her. What do we do? Do we, do we check out this, the sales success club? Is that your, your best option? Yeah. So the sales success lab is my core group coaching program. It's actually 12 months with me. So get excited. <laughs> we spend the first three months building your evergreen sales machine and mastering sales conversations. So you can monetize more of your audience. And then the following six months is all about um, mastering and scaling so that by, by the time that you are done with the sales success lab, you have everything that you need in order to really hit those multiple six figure um, years. And I absolutely love helping my people do this. And what I believe in is, is having an evergreen funnel set up. And since everyone listening is a course creator, you've already got stage one done, right? So now um, what I would recommend, because I think everybody needs a high ticket offer. Mm. Um, I think it's just so important for cash injection. So if you're listening to this right now and you don't have a high ticket offer, like, please let me help you create it. The beautiful thing is that if you already have a course created, you just use the same framework and put it into a different container and that becomes high ticket. So it's actually like a lot easier than you think to do it. And it 
against common belief, it's sometimes even easier to sell high ticket than it is low ticket. Mm. And so I would love to help anyone listening right now that would like to get that cash injection and build something that's two to $10,000 in value and start selling that. Because I will tell you, that is how you get those numbers added up super quickly, even with a small audience. Yes, agree. Awesome. All right, Michelle, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't or anything you want to finish us off with? Yeah, and if you just want to hang out with me, join my Facebook group because that's where I show up a bunch. Awesome. And I'll put both of those links in the show notes. Uh, Michelle, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, you bet. This is thank you so much. I had a blast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.